and let's get into some football talk because we do have a big game coming up here on Sunday between the Falcons and the Commanders. We're going to start things off by giving some matchups to watch. So, Squid Billy, what's a matchup you're looking out for, my friend? I love how you make me go first. Um, <laughs> look, uh, personally, I, I you know I, I've thought about this a little bit, and not a lot at the same time. Um, but something that <laughs> popped out in my head, I want to go different. Uh, I think I've done this maybe once in our time together, but mm-hmm. you know, this is these are two. Uh, there, there's two there's two coordinators going at it in this week's game mm. that I find kind of interesting. Okay, and that is um, while Dave Ragone is the offensive coordinator for our Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Arthur Smith is is also a huge part of the game plan, but he's also the play caller. Correct. And and I, I don't want to take anything away from Dave Ragone. Right. That being said, I've been looking at this, and this is a Washington defense that's. A little bit middle of the road um, mm-hmm. in some stats, but where it matters in total defense, they're the sixth ranked defense in the NFL, and so that mm-hmm. goes with total yardage. They're right. only allowing a little over 300 a game. Um, they're the 12th ranked scoring defense, but they're the sixth ranked running defense because they've got some space eaters in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen in the middle of that defense yeah. and anchored on the ends up front with Montez Sweat. Kid out of Georgia, yep. uh, not the university, but the state. Uh, yeah. He played high school ball here. And now he plays. He went to Mississippi State. Was a good player coming out. Guy we thought we might get. Guy that kind of wanted to come here, but he ended up going uh, late in the draft, later than I thought he might have went to to Washington. And yeah. then you've got Chase Young, who's the um, second overall pick in in 2020, and was uh, far and away the best pass rusher in that draft when he. When when he was you know at the time, yep. um, he's had, you know he's he's only had nine sacks. Um, now he's only played a year and a half. He missed half of last year. I think he tore his ACL last year against us. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, yeah. it might have oh, been the yeah. week after, but I, I thought it was against us. And 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 I'll double check that here in a sec. When I know you give your matchup just to yeah. make sure I'm right, but I'm pretty sure it was against us. He hasn't played all year. He's coming back from that yeah. and. So you've got some guy you're, you're you're trying to plug in Chase Young. So Jack Del Rio's got to find a way to kind of mix him in, but not overuse him. Right. But that front four, that's going to be interesting. And this is you know this is a run defense. You want to run? They're one of the best in the, in the league against the run, and we're one of the best in the league. We're third running the ball. So how Arthur Smith gets creative to kind of neutralize that front four? Maybe get to, maybe get some plays at the edge. Maybe work in some tempo to get a certain package in where you can throw a little bit to kind of set up the run in some ways. Uh, also, the, you know, they're probably like a lot of teams have this year, and I don't see them any different. Come in, let's stack that box a little bit and see what you got, how you counter that. That's another thing. How is how is Arthur going to um, deal with that? And we've seen it in the past. The Chargers did that at one time. I just – my main thing is I want to see how, you know, Chuma Idoga – was played started last week at guard. Yeah. He's been on the injury report. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, off yesterday's injury report, I've got it right here. He did not. He had limited participation um, in okay. both both days. Yeah, with a knee. So look, a lot of times you've heard me say this on Dukes and Bell and on this podcast. Today is the day. Today is Friday. Today's the day. Let's pay attention to that report. Today, mm-hmm. what he did, I, I think limited participation. 
uh, and, and in some ways with him means he's just a guy that they're trying to rest and, and get going. So I expect him to be fine and play. But just how Arthur and Jack Del Rio match up, to me that's the matchup, how they counter each other. Who comes out, lands the first blow, and then how does that other person uh, make a mid-game adjustment, maybe mid-quarter, maybe mid-first half, maybe, you know, then they'll obviously – yeah, one thing we ne- we always talk about, we never really talk about, we don't give it the credence, is how these coaches m- basically go blow for blow in some of these games. Yeah. You know, at, uh, we've all, one of the things that I, I think you can't overstate is styles make fights. Is yeah. this a fight that we're set up to win, or is that front four going to neutralize what we do best? Is their style completely – uh, negate what we want to do and how Arthur adjusts to that and vice versa. So to me, that's the matchup I'm looking for um, first and foremost Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. And that is a great point because you're right. The chess game that goes on between coaches and coordinators on the opposing teams is key. The adjustments each coach makes to adjust to the adjustments that the other coach is making. I mean, it is key to how a football game turns out and how a football game piece is going. Because usually, you know, it's always a thing where the first, what, like 15 plays or so are, are scripted. But then after that, it's all about adjustments. You know, what, 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 you know, what adjustments is the defense making for the, the opposing offense and et cetera and so, and vice versa. So, no, that, that is a key because adjust, uh, adjustments is a huge part of this league because usually – you're going to have to tweak something. Usually you're going to have to change something. So that's a huge key right there. And I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to continue on your point that you were making about, you know, this front four, because this front four is something serious because Jonathan uh, Allen had two sacks last week in the commanders went over the Texans. So he tied the league lead for his other Alabama um, brethren, Deron Payne with six and a half. So both Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne have six and a half sacks. You mentioned Montez Sweat and Chase Young coming back as well. He's going to be working in the mix a little bit. This is a line. This is a front four that can get after you. Not only get after the quarterback, but they can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game as well. So while you 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 went, uh, you kicked it a little uh, a non-basic. I'm going to kick it a little basic here. And I'm going to say this is just going to be a big old slug fight between the big uglies. And I'm really watching because, I mean, every game comes down to, you know, the play in the trenches. You, you can say that about every game. But this game in particular, if the Atlanta Falcons, because they've done a great job of establishing the run, in my opinion, no matter what. You know, and some games it's been more explosive than others, obviously. But more times than not, the Falcons are going to get some run game going and they're going to get their run, their rushing numbers. However, a lot of times our games, you know, our wins and losses, they've come between uh, they've they've been decided by how well can the offensive line pass protect? Can they give Marcus Mariota enough time to make the throws he needs to to make the plays he needs to with his arm? Last week, they did that. Can they do it this week against the front four? That is honestly a good bit better than that Chicago Bears front four. No disrespect to Chicago Bears, but. This is a front four that's that's pretty talented. So, you know, how do you limit Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and everybody else that's going to be coming in that uh, defensive line and trying to come after and sag Marcus Mariota? That's going to be key for me. So this defensive line versus this uh, Falcons offensive line 
is going to be my first matchup. Um, so I'm going to kick a little basic with the first one. I'll get a little special for the, for the next one. But first and foremost, this Falcons offensive line has to be able to pass protect. And if they can't, it's going to be a long day for the Falcons. Well, I want to hear your second one. But before, you know, the thing yeah. that, 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 that I always kind of laugh about is, you know, we, we, we've talked now. We've talked about these three guys, Sweat, mm-hmm. Allen, and Payne. They all have um, six sacks this season. Yeah. Um, now, Payne and, and Allen have six and a half. Right. Now, the special thing about this team is they have all three on that off on that defensive line. Grady Jarrett has five and a half himself. He should have six and a half because yeah. one was taken away from him. Most and definitely. I, and, I, and, I, and I look at these guys and we talk about how great they are, and they are good players, all good players. Yeah. But we never hear we don't hear Grady's name talked about nationally like you hear You're about right. Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. I hope in Washington right now there's the the Washington fo- by the way, I don't I'm not gonna call him the old name, but I sure as hell ain't gonna call him that new name either. It, it, to me, that's a stupid name. They're they're the I, I think they're the Washington football team. That's what I'm gonna call them. As stupid as that name is, it ain't as dumb as that other name. Um and so to me. I hope right now somebody on radio or a podcast or whatever the hell they're doing is talking about Grady Jarrett the way we're yeah. – they're shaking in their boots about Grady Jarrett because because ye shall not pass is going to come in there and wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this offensive line that they got, this team, this offense that, you know, everybody's scared of Taylor Heineke because he's playing pretty well. And this team's playing pretty well. They're coming off two straight. They uh, beat up the lowly Texans, but they also got a really good win against what uh, has been basically – consistently the best team in the nfl at this point in, in yeah. philadelphia this yeah. offense is middle of the road man and and and, and there's they, 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 they they're, they're middle of the road and run with 16th rush rate uh ranked offense and they're 21st in pass and you know to me i look at the the the, the probably the best player uh, maybe maybe norwell and, and trey turner in the middle there the guards position other than that this offensive line isn't this offense you know, brian robbins is the guy that's that's just being integrated into this offense right uh, he's only got 108 carries so far this season um came in late but you know nothing special uh so far the guy runs hard and strong and he's a load to bring down and you're gonna have to bring him down but it kind of gets into the fact that how this defensive front seven bringing down Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson but mainly Brian Robinson on the first on the on the you know right there they don't don't let him break tackles the yards after contact is going to be big for the Falcons defense but I hope 97 I think 97 is going to feast on Sunday afternoon because this game is in November mm-hmm. but you're playing for January on Sunday sure are that's that's that is very true and it's not just for the division, like we like we mentioned on Monday. This is a huge matchup, not only because you want to stay and keep pacing the division, maybe gain some ground in the division, depending on what Tampa Bay does. But this is also a huge game because if you look at the wild card standings, Tampa Bay is right in front of you. Literally, they are the team that's right above you. So this is a game. Washington, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Washington is the, right in front of you as well. So. This is a huge game, again, to keep pace with Tampa Bay, and right in front of you is the Washington Commanders. So this is a huge game if you want to stay, keep pace in the wild card and maybe jump in front of a team for that wild card spot, and if you want to keep pace in the division as well. So just a huge game all around when we talk about the postseason. Real quick, to get into my second matchup before we move on to keys to the game, 
All right, so it looks like AJ Terrell is is good to go, and he's pretty much back in his full form. I was a little nervous last week because I was just hoping he didn't come back maybe a week too soon with the hamstring, but he seems to be just fine from from everything I see. And I don't I believe he wasn't on the injury report at all this week, so his I think it's pretty much safe to say that AJ is back to as 100% as you can be. No one's truly 100% at this time of the at this time of the year, but anywho. I'm going to be looking at A.J. Terrell versus Scary Terry because, to be honest with you, Scary Terry is really the only receiver that scares me, Terry McLaurin. I know Curtis Samuel. They like to use Curtis Samuel in a couple of different ways. He did have his first rushing touchdown of the year last game against the Texans. But the only really weapon I'm scared of as far as in the passing game is Scary Terry. He's the only one that's scary. I, I don't, I don't, I don't fear any of the other Washington receivers. So if AJ Terrell can be the number one corner that he has been this year, I think this is gonna be a great day for the Falcons defense because if you know, if everybody else who's been doing their job can just do their job, Isaiah Oliver, D. Alford, um uh why why am I Darren Hall? If those guys can just do their job and, you know, cover the guys that honestly, I, I don't fear that much. I think we should be OK, because and if that back end can hold up a little bit longer than it usually can, that's going to help out the pass rush even more. That's going to help out Big Grady Jarrett. And we're going to hear more. You shall not pass from Dave Archer. So if A.J. Terrell can just lock down Scary Terry, I think that could be a good day uh, for the secondary and in part a good day for the defensive line as well, because. Again, that secondary can hold up just a little bit longer. Give those guys up front an extra second or two, an extra beat or two to get home on Taylor Heineke. That'll pay real big dividends for the Falcons. No, absolutely. You want to make him hold the ball and keep him. You know, look, this is a lot. When it comes to Heineke, you want to. They're not going to run him the way that um, Chicago mm -hmm. ran Justin Fields. It's just mm -hmm. not. It's not his strong suit. But he mm -hmm. is a. But his strong suit is being a guy who will get the ball he'll 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 throw the ball into trouble yep. he's not afraid nope he's got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality but he's also a leader on this offense and one of the things that he's done a good job against atlanta in his career is keeping plays alive this is a guy in his career against atlanta who has played pretty well in, in two games these guys completed 56 of 86 for over almost 600 yards with four touchdowns but he's also thrown picks and He's also done some damage. I want to give you a stat. In I think he's played four or five games this year. He's ran the ball 20 times for 62 yards. Um, Justin Fields, in comparison, last week ran it 18 times. Wow. For 85 yards. Wow. But against Atlanta twice, one last year, and then mm -hmm. where he um, he ran the ball five times last year for 43 yards against us. But in his career, he's got eight carries for 76 yards against Atlanta. Yeah. That's not counting sacks. Right. So that being said, he's been effective with his legs against us once with Carolina and then and then obviously last. So so that he's definitely a guy you got to pay attention to. You got to and you want to bottle up, make him pat the ball and give your time defense to get home. And you also might he might get impatient while he's patting the ball and throw it yeah. to trouble. He's got four interceptions on the year already. Um so that, and just a comparison, he is being started. He's now starting over a guy who was mm -hmm. hurt and then came back who had 10 touchdowns and six picks. So mm -hmm. 
Wentz has done a better job in some ways of taking care of the ball and in uh, and, and, and more opportunities. So that's how much they believe right now in the in the momentum they have with Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I mean, four and one, the commanders are with Taylor Heineke as the starter in these last five games. So they definitely do believe in the momentum. And they, like you said, they have gotten the big win against the Philadelphia Eagles and gave the Eagles their first loss of the season. And, you know, like I said, I was at that game. So that was kind of rough for Eagles fans and myself, too, because, you know, I'm the boyfriend of Eagles fans. So anyway, um, Taylor Heineke, though, he is like you said, he's more of a he's more of a play extender. He's not going to look to necessarily run. He's going to more look so to run around to extend plays and still throw the ball down the field. But like you gave that stat, he will run on the Atlanta Falcons, and he has had some success running the ball. So the one thing that I saw last week, and you touched on this too on Monday, the one thing I saw last week that uh, was promising for the Falcons is sometimes they would, um, Dave Archer called a mush rush, where they kind of surrounded Jalen Fields in the pocket, and they kind of collapsed the pocket down on him so he couldn't get outside and run around and extend plays. The Falcons kind of caved in on where he was so he couldn't go anywhere so hopefully we can get some more of that going this week against taylor heineke and kind of do the same thing and he should be like you said on monday easier to bring down because you know justin fields is a big boy taylor heineke ain't as big as justin fields so hopefully we can bring him down a little bit easier than we brought down Jalen fields because we have four sacks we could have made it seven so hopefully we, we we get those seven against taylor heineke and if we bring taylor heineke down seven times i'm feeling pretty good about our chances to come home with a W but 